0: When I was about seven years old, I had an affinity for two things, Curious George and bananas. It would come to no surprise if the banana industry had created Curious George and his friend, the man with the yellow hat, as a ruse to sell more bananas. But nevertheless, to this day, I still remember those stories and have had great pleasure reading them to my kids as well. What I could never figure out is why the man with the yellow hat would always say, Okay, George, I'll be back in a bit, but don't get into any trouble. Every time. And of course he would. (sighs) George. But without George being fascinated by anything shiny, I guess we'd have no Curious George books. And probably no banana industry. And... There I go again, completely off topic. Sorry, I'm trying to get better. At the time, my family, being my mom, my dad, and my brother, we were living in Roanoke, Virginia, whereas most of my extended family were in the foothills of North Carolina, a little more than a three-hour drive or so. So, having family visit was a big deal. On one such occasion, an uncle was visiting and noticed my preoccupation with bananas. Don't eat the last bite of the banana, he said. Staring back, eyes wide, mouth full, I stood there. There's a spider at the bottom of every banana, he said. Everybody knows that. I couldn't swallow. I dropped the banana as if I had been holding a tarantula. And... To this day, almost 40 years later, I have yet to eat the bottom quarter of a banana. And no, for what it's worth, there are no spiders in the last bite of a banana. This was a myth that has been around since the moon and my uncle was simply having some fun at my expense. Side note, now before anyone writes me some shame mail, yes, I know there are such things as the Brazilian wandering spider, but those live outside the bananas, not inside. But getting back to the episode, today is part two of the Mental Health Awareness Series. And believe it or not, this actually ties in precisely with today's episode of anxiety. So... Join me as I peel back, sorry, couldn't resist, the many layers of this powerful emotion we call anxiety. I'm Chad Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. First things first, you are not alone. You're not. What you are going through is hard beyond hard and it's in front of you and it's behind you but i want you to know you're not alone and this is why i'm here this is why others are here this is why this podcast is here to talk about this to talk about mental health and depression and anxiety and everything that comes along with it we will get through this hang with me You are not alone. Now, a little 101 about anxiety. There's a big difference in the type of anxieties. In typical fashion, as I often do, I'll oversimplify this. Anxiety, as I see it, is either a butterfly or a bear. No offense to bears. Butterfly anxiety is the kind of light, everyday kind of interruptions, if you will, Even when we see a butterfly, we stop and go, Oh, a butterfly. Almost excited. Be it a first date or the, "Mm, What should I make for dinner tonight? We all get a little bit of a butterfly anxiety. It's just normal every day, healthy even, This anxiety motivates us in making sure that our shirt is ironed or your hair is just right and you rinsed your mouth with scope before the board of directors' presentation. If you didn't care about something, you wouldn't worry about it. So, in a way, anxiety can be good. Then we have the bear. And yes, I know, bears are mostly shy creatures that only become aggressive when threatened, but I'm not looking for logic here Just stick with me for the illustration purposes. Though, I will say, if you were alone and you saw a giant grizzly in front of you, I bet you'd be scared out of your wits. Bear anxiety is that extreme sense of fear where you can't even concentrate. And you're exhausted, and the cycle of what-ifs are endless as your chest tightens and the world spins around you. What if I ruin the meal, and then I try to fix something else, and I burn it too, and then I look in the refrigerator, and it's completely empty, and my family is going to bed with empty stomachs, which means when they wake up, their fridge is still empty, and then they... uh, So on, and so forth. What if my shirt isn't ironed, and the board members see me as uncapped and not a great face for the company, and then I lose my job after being there for 15 years and starting over just, it just, it just never ends. Arthur Roche says, Anxiety is a thin stream of fear, trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all of the other thoughts are drained. That is so on point. Anxiety is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. But how do we turn off this faucet, that trickling in our mind? For some, it's a random drip. For others, It's a river. I'm going to be blunt here, but I think it's a time for honesty. And regardless if it's butterflies or bears, hope isn't enough. You can hope things will get better, as we all do. We all want things to get better. And maybe they will. But that trickling, that channel being carved in your mind, it will continue to flow until it's redirected. Don't get me wrong, hope is something inspiring that we hang things on, but for some things, there has to be more. So, first, learn how to talk to a bear. Bears have their own patterns, their own habits, their own ways of doing things, and you're not a bear. So finding yourself being stared down by a grizzly probably isn't the time for breathing exercises and soft music. Yes, those techniques are lovely, but not when facing a bear. Realizing you need someone that knows this level of anxiety, that's dedicated their life to dealing with giant grizzlies and American black bears, you need help. There are so many resources, some at no cost, and helping you even remotely. This is called teletherapy, and it's amazing for those of you who wish to do this from the comfort of your own home. You can even find a list at commentdownpodcast.com at the bottom of the page. But finding someone that can fluently speak bare of what you're going through is the most important step in calming the cycle of your thoughts they continue to turn into feelings, which then turn into actions. Another technique which is rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy is what's known as flooding. Mm-hmm. Yep, just like the water sounds, flooding. It can be very effective, though I will say it is a bit ambitious if I may use that term. The best way I can describe it would be going back to the earlier banana analogy. What, did you think I was not gonna bring that story back up? Now imagine if my uncle showed up the next day with a crate of bananas, just hundreds of them. Turning the radio to a classical station, he then proceeds to hand me banana after banana as he speaks encouraging words of affirmation as I'm reclined pleasantly in a comfortable chair, eating each banana, particularly the last bite, one after the other. In short, flooding is retraining your mind to feel relaxed while also going through your biggest fears. It's a juxtapose, if you will. Again, that technique, while wonderful, it is tremendous, it can be a bit ambitious. Now, there is a softer approach of flooding, which is called exposure, which would be perhaps my eating just a few bananas here and there and then telling myself, hmm, I've never seen a spider and a banana. Why would I see one now? And after taking the last bite of the banana and realizing there wasn't a spider, next time I would be less inclined to worry about there being one there. Baby steps. Exposure is basically baby steps, small, tiny increments at a time, giving yourself plenty of patience and grace along the way. And finally, create a distraction. As we say to our oldest son all the time, son, you are a Ferrari racing at full speed. Tap the brakes. We each need that brake element, and though it may not stop the engine, it at least slows us down enough to change lanes. Here's a tremendous technique someone showed me called the five-four-three-two-one. 3 2, one It sounds pretty simple, and it actually is. With this technique, wherever you are, stop and find five things you can see, four things you can touch. Three things you can hear. Two things you can smell. One thing you can taste. So it's really just five, four, three, two, one. Going through all of the senses. Five things you can see. Four things you can touch. Three things you can hear. Two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. Distracting your mind, tapping the brakes, brings your rational mind to the forefront as the irrational what ifs are silenced. Five, four, three, two, one. Anxiety is a real emotion, just as any other that you experience. Anxiety is normal. And it affects us all, and yes, it comes in all shapes and fashion in various sizes, but so does the help. Be it calming music or cognitive behavioral therapy, we are at a most miraculous point in science and health, that you should not have to feel alone in this anymore. And knowing that gives me butterflies but the good ones, the butterflies that used to be caterpillars and grew into something just as beautiful as the person you are. To find more episodes of Comet Down, hear the musical playlist from today's episode, or simply wanting to know where to send chocolate chip cookies, visit cometdownpodcast.com. You'll even find additional resources for emotional support, including our online community and our Facebook page. You're not alone. You are not alone. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson, composer, pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say.